Retro Hangover supported via Patreon by listeners like you. We would especially like to thank patrons Lyle McCarns, Ashton Ruby, Randall Quiggle, Tony G, Studstill Smash the Milkman, Katie Quigg, Paul Romalo, Raging Demon, JC, Megan Caruso, Mast Keaton, Andrew Liguori, Ozzy Garcia, The Retro Vixen, Adam from The Good, The Bad, and The Backlog, Thunderdome Gaming Society, Keith Gasper, Disky Mera, Dave Jackson, Eric Guess, and Rick Firestone. Your continued engagement and generous donations are deeply appreciated. To the flight. A winner is you. Congratulation. <laughs> Off course. Curation champions catastrophes. Consider it a retro hangover chronometer. Did anything that I said made sense? No, it didn't. And that's because today's episode is about the worst localizations that we have experienced or played or just we found. Doesn't matter. You know what? I'm off the rails like a lot of the localizations have been already, and I'm not even 30 seconds into this episode. It's me, Chris Gopleen, as from the aforementioned Retro Hangover Podcast, and I am joined with today, as always, speaking of bad translations, <laughs> Shane Phallus Giant Lizard Koski. Love it. I, I also love that we basically, because of the topic of this episode, we have absolute free license to just fuck everything up and I don't have to edit out anything because it's it's part it's part of it's part of the the episode. It's part of the experience. That's absolutely correct, Shane. We could completely just word fuck entire sentences mm-hmm. and we could just say it was part of the experience. That's right. Also, based on your introduction, I feel like I can already rule out like at least three games that we're not going to talk about now. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Well, I think we should get into this. Why do I keep saying that when I'm not going to? I don't know. Are we not? What's happening? We are. We will. Before we get into this. I just want to remind everybody that if you want to contribute to these episodes, that these episodes all come out of the mind hive of our lovely patrons. And if you want to join our Patreon, just head over to our link tree, which is linktr.ee slash retro hangover and find the Patreon link. And once you're in there, you can join our discord where I mean, discord is open to everybody, by the way. But if you are a patron, you have special channels that you can go into where you can suggest your top five topics, and once you have suggested them, we rank them on our Patreon page. So if you're interested in that, head on over there. Probably made this a lot more complicated than it had any right to be, but that's because it's a bad localization. Mm. Speaking of bad localizations, as we have been, let's get into the list, Shane, and we will go to you with your number five. Number five. All right, so I want it to be known as I as I kick this list off here that I, I purposefully picked ones that I don't think most people are going to expect. There there are a lot like listen, this is 
this was a target rich environment. Okay. This is, this was basically like shooting fish in the proverbial barrel. There are so many bad translations out there. We could be here all day talking about it, but I wanted to pick some that, uh, were maybe going to be, you know, a little bit of a surprise, a little, a little shock, maybe. Um, mm. so anyway, my number five is the entire Mega Man Battle Network series. <laughs> So in at least, in at least two cases, two of the games, there are just some, there are some fucking bangers and they're not even like super terrible, like completely incomprehensible. They're just, they're just bad enough that they're entertaining. And so, uh, a couple of examples of this, right, is, uh, Battle Network, uh, four, I believe it was. You end up talking to this female NPC who is referencing someone else that the two of you had just been having a conversation with. And she exclaims that, uh, what, what a polite young man she was, which I feel like, you know, for a fucking very progressive, I was just going to say for a Game Boy Advance game, this is, this was actually very progressive. Uh, so, you know, kudos to you indirectly battle network, I guess. Uh, and then the other instance that I came across that I wanted to kind of highlight because I just, I just love this one, uh, comes from the follow-up in Battle Network 5 for the DS. And uh, you, the, the protagonist, very clearly tell this NPC who looks like he owns a pink squirrel that might be yes. a statue. I'm not sure exactly yes. what that is. Uh that you are going to jack into his squirrel if that's what it takes. <laughs> and uh I love it. Even I don't even care what the context is. That's a fantastic line. <laughs> so So uh Battle Network, Mega Man. That's my number 5. All right. My number 5 is East 3, mm. Wanderers from East for the TurboGrafx CD. Uh, there's a lot of versions of this game. Uh, but the TurboGrafx CD one is is particularly notorious. First of all, for just the overall bad voice acting, which is amazing. And if you haven't heard it, you owe it to yourself to go listen to the voice acting for this game. It is worst in the best possible way. I love it. It's so bad. It's horrible. Uh, the game itself is, I think, is fun. It's a deeply flawed but amazingly fun game. So you you should take a look at it for that reason alone. Uh, but overall, just it, it misfires a lot on what it wants you to do. It's essentially like a, a Zelda 2 game, which was actually really close to me, including I'm not including it because I just think, you know, a different era and everything like that. But you take a look at what you get for East 3 and in the very intro, the very opening movie, just so you know what you're in for. They say that the the this ancient warrior that killed this old demon thing that you have to go kill like at the end of the game is Adol Kristen. And you might say to yourself, why does that matter, Chris? It's because Adol Kristen is the main character of the game. He's not the ancient warrior. They couldn't even get the characters right in setting up the plot. They completely mislabeled <laughs> who the hero was in, in every... They, they didn't know what they were doing. That's, that's what it comes down to. I know a lot of you probably haven't played East 3. That's fine. But if you haven't, if you just want to see how to do bad voice acting in the 16-bit era, this is the game to do it. It's amazing, I promise you, and it makes for a horrible localization. Number four. 
All right, moving on to my number four. I have chosen Arc Area, a 1987 multi-directional scrolling shooter released in arcades by UPL. And the reason I picked this one and it made it to my number four spot is basically for the message that it gives you when you beat the game. Because it's so, like, passive-aggressively shaming you and also translated terribly that it's just, mm, I just, I just love it. So if you play Arc Area in the arcade and you, you defeat the game and you're, you are, you are elated, you are like, man, I am the best. This screen pops up and tells you, congratulations for you. You are the great super and most exclusive player. Boys, be ambitious. Without the games, let's try anything else. <laughs> so, first of all, this makes very little sense, right? But what this is essentially saying, it, and oh, for the record, by the way, if you look this up, the 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 apostrophes um, that actually shouldn't even fucking be there in the words boys and games are just heart emojis, so... Very, very early use of the emojis. Um, what this game is telling you is like, you know what? Good for you for beating this game. Get a fucking life and go outside. <laughs> uh, that's great. I love it. Yep. Yep. So congrats to, to UPL for basically shaming their user base and being like, I can't believe you beat our game. Go touch grass. More games should have that message good for them they're <laughs> they were stalwarts of the, the the values of our american society i just love the phrase let's try <laughs> anything else let's try anything else just anything. anything please boys be ambitious don't you like girls because <laughs> you won't get them playing video games this game was bad too feel bad about yourself <laughs> okay my number four is vi for the Sega CD. Mm. And I'm just going to put Vi here as just kind of... Because I only included games that I have played personally. Because I know there's much worse translations and localizations than I personally picked. But I just haven't experienced them to give you a, a little bit more in-depth knowledge from my own personal experiences. So I'm including Vi. And it's really a stand-in for a lot of Working Designs games. Because Working Designs had this nasty, nasty, nasty habit of thinking that we need to make our games harder. When we bring them over to the United States, when we localize them, I know a lot of people look at working designs fondly, and you probably should because they did a great job with Lunar, Lunar 2, Lunar for the PS1, Lunar 2 for the PS1, and uh, I think Alundra. And uh, well, there's a couple other games. I know I'm kind of being a dick, but <laughs> Vi is a game where they they did what they typically do, which is there are bosses that they greatly increase the amount of hit points that you need to take to kill them. They increase their defenses. They increase the amount of experience you need to gain levels. They increase the cost that it takes to buy items at the shop. They lower the amount of gold you can get from enemies. They lower the amount of experience you can get from enemies. And they then they say, yeah, go, just have fun with this game. And it reminds me of this one boss in this game where you're literally just hitting attack, just selecting attack, because this is a very basic RPG. This is like Dragon Warrior style. There's, there's not much to the battle system other than extremely traditional. 
and you're selecting fight for what feels like 30 to 45 minutes because it's nothing but a damage sponge and it's not doing a ton of damage to you. And it just encapsulates everything wrong with this game that probably should have just been a nice, brisk, relatively average RPG that, by the way, I still love this game. I don't know why. I'm just, I'm <laughs> bitching about it and saying it sucks, but I love it. I will play it again probably in my life because I do love this. as a childhood appreciation of mine. But holy shit, the changes they made in difficulty to this game make it damn near unplayable to anyone who isn't a hardcore RPG fanatic. Dumb decisions, stupid barriers, not quite as bad as what I heard Exile 2 is, but working designs, you fucked it up. Number three. My number three is, uh, it's also, actually, I think most of these are reaching kind of far back, which is not to say I that, like, it. you know, there aren't bad localizations to this day, because there are, but there sure were a lot more back in the day, let me tell you. And uh, I went with Rock On for the PC Engine. Mm. So this is a shoot 'em up, one one of many uh, released in oh, wow. the library of PC Engine, and it kind of just it really sets the stage just just right right on the outset. the The introductory scroll just tells you like, oh. So this is what I'm looking at. So I'm, I'm going to give you a little bit of this. I don't have the entirety of it, but there's enough here to, to kind of give you a pretty good idea. So it starts with, Dearly beloved, other time, other space. People live a damn boring routine life, although the world is so peaceful. Off course, some of them of thinks they go to get out of the life and dreaming about getting big fortune. To realize that dream, there's only one way left in that world, comma, needless to say, comma, it's, comma, somehow, comma, to find out the mysterious fortune. Busters, it's the name we call the fortune hunters. What the fuck? Now they're about to start historic journey that no one could come back alive from. That is to get the fizzas, called legend by people. But, comma, except the one person, comma, no one in the world can make it real who has got to be billionette and radical, physically and mentally. Yes. What does that even mean? You are the one. What is a billionaire? I fucking have no idea. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that that's your opening sequence. So you know you get all of your exposition dump right there. You got all the plot. You know what's going on. So now go go shoot him up. There you go. Rock on for the PC engine. What the fuck is happening? <laughs> I need to play this now. Triple <laughs> A game. My number three is uh, I think a pretty common one that people know about is Final Fantasy Tactics. Mm. And I, this I'm just going to very generically say the, the the translation is just top-notch bad. It is <laughs> awful. You think essentially when you're making an uh, uh, 
an allegory for you know going and killing Jesus and his twelve disciples, you're you're going to want to add some gravity to it. But no, it just completely becomes a word salad of what in the world are they actually talking about? Especially because like the first, um, the majority, like the first half of the game is all about class warfare and very very you know serious subjects that it tries to dive into and like the the poor class versus. The, the, the royal class and the upper class and how everything is being treated. And it's very much a, uh, very much a topic in, in the designer's games that he does. And that includes Tactics Ogre and the Ogre series and everything like that. But it's just, it's not like anything I can think of in particular that's funny. It's just that when you compare it to the War of the Lions remake, you see how a localization should happen. Like what Shane said before in Rock On, that phrase off course, that's in there. Uh, that's, that's in there when you have your little people, you go to the pub and you send them on missions. In fact, all those missions they come back for, those are horribly translated. It's just like they, they threw it. It's not like they threw it into Google translate. It's like they threw it into Google translate and then made it make sense enough for it to not really matter and have no emotion behind it and not really explain anything that you're supposed to do in a game that's heavily, heavily reliant on plot to carry you through the game and give you motivation. Thankfully, the gameplay carries it enough and they didn't mess with that. So thank you know, the localization there, spot on, because Final Fantasy Tactics is a banger of the game. And a lot of people say the plot's great. And I really want to know why that was said prior to War of the Lions coming out, because this translation is garbage. You know it's garbage. You know it's bad. And the plot, you have to really infer and translate from some garbled trash in order to understand what they're saying. So if you said the plot was great before War of the Lions came out, you are a liar <laughs> and you cannot be trusted. And that's what I think about you. And no, I never said that. Never, ever when I was younger. Not once. Sure. I just want to make that clear. Never. Why would I do that? I don't know. I believe you, that's though. A lie, by the way. I'm, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Number two. All right, so we are on the, the back half of this thing now, and I am going to mix things up because I really wanted to make this uh, as interesting as possible. So apart from just choosing games so far that uh, I personally haven't played and were probably some deeper cuts because I wanted to surface some of these um, because, you know, there are a lot that we could have talked about that I think everybody kind of knows about now. But I, I'm, I'm flipping the script, and so for my last two, they're actually going to be going in the opposite direction, where they were bad localizations that went from English over to Japan. Very nice. Yeah. So for my number two, it is going to be Stun Runner. It is an Atari arcade game from 1989. It was, of course, originally developed in English, and then it was ported over to, to, uh, to Japan, and the the issue with this one is that the game prominently displays the words insert coin on the title screen for the English version, which, you know, mm. one would expect for an arcade title. That's pretty standard. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but when it made it over to Japan, they decided to translate this uh, to Japanese to what is essentially, and for the record, I'm going to just totally butcher the rest of this. I listened to it on Google Translate. I'm still going to fuck it up. But just bear with me here. So it, in right. Japanese, it's essentially like coin iku eru, and which translates to insert a coin. It does. So grammatically, it's not 
too bad. But there are a few issues with this. So first, Japanese players were already familiar with the English phrase insert coin by this point. So like, of course, yeah, they had to. There wasn't a reason to translate this. Like it was completely unnecessary. Second, nearly all other text in the game is still in English. So why this one thing was translated is just like a complete mystery. Mm. And third, and perhaps most importantly, no actual Japanese person would say this phrase this way. It's like roughly equivalent to a winner is you from pro wrestling on the NES. Uh, It communicates like the idea behind it, but nobody would ever actually say it that way. So it's kind of on that level. And so consequently, this actually has become one of the most well-known translation errors in like all of Japanese gaming history. Um, That's great. Yeah, it's very much like our, you know, all your base are belong to us or something like that. And so it shows up like everywhere, like it's referenced in manga, it's referenced in a whole slew of other video games, including some of the newer entries of Dragon Quest, some of the NPCs reference this. So it was like, it was big enough that uh, it's sort of become a part of like the gaming culture over there, which I think is pretty, pretty interesting. It's that's, wait, what year did this come out? Uh, Stunrunner was 89. Oh, so essentially this is just revenge. <laughs> Basically, yeah. I guess you could look at it that way. Ha ha ha, Japan, we finally got one on you. <laughs> okay, my number two. Shane, what's 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 my favorite game of all time? Uh, I'm going to go with Streets of Rage 2 for 500, Alex. That is correct, that is correct. Streets of Rage 2 is my favorite game of all time. Okay, great. And there's a reason that the Streets of Rage series, no one really talks about it after Streets of Rage 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's not because there isn't a Streets of Rage 3, and that's why this is my number two. Streets of Rage 3 has to be one of the most just batshit stupid localizations that has ever happened in the history of ever. You're taking a series that is just a magnificent piece of art, and you're just, in Japan, by the way, it's, it's not better than Streets of Rage 2 in my opinion, But there are so many gameplay additions to Streets of Rage 3 that this should have been the premier beat-em-up on any system. Good-looking graphics, good-looking controls, innovative new things that you can do for special abilities. I think I told this to Shane once, like when you do a special move, it has a a, uh, a charging meter that builds up. And then it says okay, and then when it has okay, you don't lose health when you use your special move. Mm. Which is like a big deal for a beat-em-up. Yeah. Because you don't want to lose health. And so there's so many different mechanics here that you should think that Streets of Rage 3 should be a better game. But no, it can't be. Because when Sega brought it over to the United States, they decided that this game, much like an earlier game I talked about, was too easy. So they decided they had ramp up the speed for like all of the bad guys and increase the difficulty by a lot. Just so like... To fight the rental companies and because they hated Blockbuster or something. I don't know. <laughs> they also changed the sprites of the characters. Um, they also changed the uh, the color of the character sprites for some reason uh, for your main characters. Like Axel is now wearing a, a yellow t-shirt instead of a white t-shirt. And other characters have other various changes to their character sprites that don't make any sense. It's They ruined the gameplay. They, they ruined the field behind the game making it prohibitively difficult in order for anyone to get into. And they removed a character because he was too gay. <laughs> I I could understand it at the time because when you go see this character, 
you may think it's offensive. I I don't know because they're <laughs> talking to some of the gay people I know. I don't know if this would be offensive or something they would like. I'm not sure. I'm going to say it's offensive. I don't even know why I'm talking about this. <laughs> but it's it's like a serious like flamboyant leather daddy that you have to fight. Uh, ah, his name is Ash. Zangief. Yes, yes Zangief. <laughs> uh, and they, they cut him from the game, which, I, again, I don't know if that's good or bad. But overall, like the localization for what Sega of America did to Sega of Japan's product just completely ruined a game that had the potential to maybe not be as good as Streets of Rage 2, but at least be an appropriate sequel. And it's why there wasn't a Streets of Rage 4 for 20 more years. Number one. Well, I suppose that brings us to our number one picks. So coming in at the top of my list, like I said, I'm, I'm flipping the script. So this one is another English to Japanese localization. And it's another one that uh, basically became sort of like a, a, a cultural thing which I just, I find fascinating. And um, on some level, I'm actually really pleased that like, you know, the English speaking world are, is not the only one that ends up with these, you know, horribly hilarious translations. So, you know, I'm glad that Japan can experience this stuff too. And uh, they certainly did with Pit Fighter when that got moved over to Japan. Uh, oh, no. So uh, the, the proto Mortal Kombat, if you will. So when you defeat an opponent badly enough in Pit Fighter, uh, it results in a message being kind of plastered across the screen in big letters that says, Brutality Bonus. This mm. was translated in Japanese to Zanya Koetiate, which roughly means brutality bonus, like in the sense that you're getting extra compensation for being brutal, but... The issue is that the meaning of that phrase is actually really highly dependent on the context and how you parse it. So this is where it gets good. Other valid interpretations of that phrase in Japanese include cruelty medical treatment. <laughs> of course. Atrocious action benefits package. <laughs> what? And according to my Google Translate today, brutality allowance which makes it kind of sound like your parents gave you a few bucks for beating up a neighborhood kid. So take that however you will. That's a good thing. Yeah. So this became, like I said, so well known amongst Japanese gamers, much like our Spoonie Bard from Final Fantasy 2, that uh, it's been referenced in just about everything at this point. Um, actually, there were t-shirts made with this phrase on it for a while. Um, so it's kind of a big deal. So this one from Pit Fighter, in conjunction with Stun Runner, which was my number two, and uh, several other Atari games, actually birthed a new phrase in Japan that they use to reference poor gaming translations, which is Atarigo, which is Atari-isms. So congrats, wow. Atari. You are well known in Japan for fucking things up. <laughs> <laughs> they got to be known for something in the modern era. Well, I mean, yeah. you know, was it Atari? I'm pretty sure it was Atari. They're the ones that made those fucking stupid, like, speaker hats a little while ago. Really? It was like a couple of years oh, ago. Oh, no. Yeah. That's awful. So, they're, you know, they just, Atari makes a lot of good decisions, is what we're saying. 
So, my number one. Shane, I'd be a pirate. I'm a pirate at the beginning of the game. I will be a pirate forever, yar. Because this is, this is a pirate. And they must be a pirate in Final Fantasy V. I am Ferris. And I will be an annoying pirate until I'm done with this section. Because we had to deal with the... No, I'm not. I can't do this anymore. No, Final Fantasy V <laughs> for the PlayStation. Need I remind people that Final Fantasy V had a fan translation in 1997. And people liked the fan translation. It was a labor of love. People worked on this. They appreciated it. This was the default. And Square was like, we know you guys want this, so we're going to give you an official version. Everyone's like, you're going to use the, the fan translation that was already made for you, right? I'm pretty sure if you just ask them, they'll give it to you. Like, no, 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 no. We're going to do our own. And I was like, okay, cool. And it happened to be probably one of the worst localizations in all of JRPG history. As I just mentioned, Ferris is a pirate. Ferris is a character in the game, obviously, that's a member of your party throughout the entire game that is pretend, who's, spoilers, a, a princess for a tycoon, and she has to pretend that she's a pirate, a male pirate, uh, so she can survive a, around the pirates. And she ends up being Captain Pirate, and they don't drop her accent through the entirety of the game. And just the over-the-top, the over-the-top over piratisms that they make her say is just, it's ridiculous. Not to mention it's just devoid of any real personality that the fan translation had. On top of the fact that there's loading before every random battle that you have, like loading screens, which isn't a localization issue because that was in the Japanese version too. So it was just a bad port, more to say. But the reason this is my number one isn't because there are worse isn't because there aren't worse fan translations. There certainly are. I think it's just because there was already a way to play this game in English on your PC relatively easily, and it was a game that people were looking forward to that was locked in Japan for almost 10 years. And when it's finally delivered to you and it's the first official form, it's complete dumpster fire. It was so bad that Square, when they re-released the game, I think in 2006 for the Game Boy Advance, had to scrap their entire translation from the PS1 version and have a new translation to make up for how bad it was. They have not done that with any other Final Fantasy game, to my knowledge. And that includes the absolutely horrendous translation that was for Final Fantasy VII. Final Fantasy Tactics, yes, they they redid that because it's an Ivalice and they wanted to make everyone talk like Final Fantasy XII, but Final Fantasy 1, 2, 3, 4, and 6 all have, well, not 2 or 3, but 1, 4, and 6 all have pretty much their original translations intact from when they originally came out for the Super Nintendo in the early to mid-90s, and they immediately had to trash their translation for Final Fantasy V because it was so bad. Square should be ashamed of themselves. I'm glad they were. I'm glad they recognized their mistake. But man, oh man, was this just, it was awful. And if you ever want to play the PlayStation 1 version of Final Fantasy V, don't. Just don't. <laughs> don't give it the time of day. It's not so bad that it's good. It's a disgrace. And you should feel bad for wanting to. I mean, I don't know, man. Final Fantasy 2 has got some pretty good ones. I mean, apart from the Spoony Bard thing, Final Fantasy yeah, 2 was also that's... responsible for giving us take care, ho. Well, they say lolly ho. It makes sense. 
Take care. Ho. Yeah. No, I contextually, I get it. But also, <laughs> it just says take Yarn. care, ho. Uh, also. Maybe, maybe, maybe you're, th- maybe you're his bottom bitch. You never know. <clears throat> I mean, I mean, I don't know. The, the Final Fantasy, you know, lore iceberg is a deep one. So I know nothing about it. But I did want to give a, a quick shout out, by the way, to where I got a lot of my information because I think it's a it's an awesome resource. If you want to know more about some of these localization things, you can head to legendsoflocalization.com. It is a collection of this stuff that's been put together for several years now by an individual named Clyde Mandolin. Um, he's actually a professional translator. He's worked on some things like Mario and Sonic at the Rio 2016 games. Uh, he's worked on Dragon Ball and One Piece. So, um, and he does a lot of fan translating too. So uh, there's a team of people that work with him there as well. But uh, I would definitely go check that site out. There's a lot of really great stuff. And they've actually published some books about this too. So if you're really interested in it, you might want to check those out as well. We, we have no relationship to them whatsoever. We're not sponsored or anything. I just think what they have is cool. So... I wanted to give credit where it was due. That's awesome. I'll have to check that out. Uh, I like I like silly fan translations. Not fan translations. I like silly official translations and just how awful it could be because they still happen to this day and they are always a joy to find. Absolutely. And uh, hopefully this episode was absolutely a joy for you to find and listen to. Uh, if not, you know, just... Uh, just keep that to your fucking self, I guess. And uh, no, <laughs> no, no, please let us know, uh, you know, if there's anything you'd like us to improve. We're always open for constructive criticism, but hopefully you enjoyed yourself here. I know that we did. This This was a fun topic. I had a really good time kind of going down this rabbit hole of finding some of these things. And like I said, there are just, there's there's so many. Um, so, you know, if you, if you got some free time, definitely go spelunk around the internets and find some of this stuff because it is... It is pretty entertaining. Um, but as far as we are concerned, uh, you know what? If you want to uh, if you want to engage with us a little bit more, besides just uh, listening to these here episodes, you can do that. And we make it very easy for you. Just go to Linktree slash Retro Hangover. All of our stuff is there. As Chris mentioned before, uh, you can head over to the Patreon from that link. And if you donate at any tier, doesn't matter what it is, any tier, as little as a dollar, you can get access to a bunch of really great bonus content, uh, especially our ongoing King of Games 1992 series, which is being released weekly on Thursdays to our patrons ahead of the rest of the world. So if you want to hear all of that and how we definitely made good objective decisions about what the best games of 1992 are, uh, then the correct decisions, of course. Yeah, absolutely. Then that's where you're going to want to go to, uh, to check that stuff out. And besides that, we've also got things like our, our Twitch channel where we play games on Sundays at 9 PM Eastern. We've got, uh, our social media accounts you can check out where we post things about, well, mostly the games that Chris owns because he's a collector and I'm, I'm not, I mean, I could probably post screenshots of my steam library, but that's not particularly interesting. So he props that up for us. And, uh, you know, we've, we've also got our YouTube channel out there. If you want to check out our VODs from Twitch, if you don't catch us live as well as video versions of our episodes, there's, there's a whole bunch of stuff. It's all there for you. 
you just gotta just gotta go find it um so with that chris is there anything else that you'd like to tell the fine people at home uh no i think you covered all shane i think we are ready to wrap this up congratulations congratulations to us indeed you know what let's be ambitious and and go out and try anything else so with that being said aggressively (laughs) until next time play with your attack aggressively joysticks insert coin